This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. All right, we're back. Hey, everybody. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Um, we do a podcast sometimes. <laughs> um, we took last, last week off. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But before we do, I um, want to mention real quick that we are a proud part of the Beautiful Game Network. We're very excited to be part of BGN uh, and really love what they do for us and what they do for the soccer community. So, Check them out uh, at bgn.fm. If you go to texassoccerradio.com, that'll take you to our BGN website where you can listen directly from the website and a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, and thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, who is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com, and that is spelled R-U-F-F, neckscarves.com. Speaking of those, we're going to have a giveaway a little later. Um, if you listen to the podcast version of the show, don't worry. It's not going to be a live giveaway. You still have time to enter if you're listening on Friday or Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. If you listen Saturday night, you better turn this up to double speed and listen to us like we're chipmunks or something. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But Larry, how are you doing, man? It's been full two weeks here after taking a week off last week. How are you doing, man? We're back. I'm happy to be back, man. It felt weird not podcasting last week, but we kind of had a perfect storm of of things happening that day. Kind of yeah. If you follow us on Twitter, you saw that both of our dogs ended up at the vet uh, unexpectedly, but um, both are on the mend. So, yes. you know, things are good. But uh, just kind of kept us from doing our thing last week, unfortunately. But here we are back at it. Once again. <laughs> um, so we do have um, quite a few things to talk about tonight. We've got a lot of SAFC to talk about. Um, we're pretty much going to skip last week because no one wants to hear us rehash a match that happened over a week ago, right? My, hey. My there's so, there's so much. We missed a lot. This is what happens when we take a week off. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the 0-0 draw at RGV and the 4-0 win in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, a little bit more exciting there on the score sheet. Uh, but before we do, um, I wanted to jump into the Twitter questions and comments first. Um, the first one we got on Twitter directly was from Maximiliano. He says, uh, will slash should SAFC host any World Cup watch parties? Um, I, I've been thinking about this all afternoon. Um, uh, Twin Under says, welcome back to y'all and the SAFC offense. Hopefully a sign of things to come in both cases. Yeah, we, we can we'll hope. be back Yeah, on the regular, hopefully. And hopefully the SAF, the SAFC attack will be as well. Um, so if you're on Periscope, feel free to jump into the conversation anytime. But Maximiliano's comment about SAFC hosting World Cup watch parties. What do you think about that? I mean, I want to say it's not a smart move, but it probably is with the large number of Mexico fans here. So I would probably take advantage of that and at least host a few. Right. Or two. I, I know the screen at Toyota Field isn't, you know, the one at 
Jerry World or anything like that. But it would be kind of cool to sit at Toyota Field and watch a Mexico match, right? I guess it kind of depends on the time of day, but eh, I don't know. Um, but as far as hosting watch parties at like bars and stuff, that's so tricky with, with the U.S. men's national team not being in it. Um, you've got Mexico, and Mexico is more popular in the United States than the U.S. men's national team is. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of okay with them not focusing on that and focusing on more things to do directly with the club and with the community personally. But We've I got, we've got Petra, Petra and Co. both chiming in here with uh, – with, with, notes that the stadium would be too hot they'd have to have it in a bar which I, I really can't argue with that and plus if you had it in a bar I feel like and you pick the right bar that's the big thing here is you'd yeah. probably get fans of other countries as well if you uh, you know advertised it right or at least you'd have people run in if you had a big sports bar with tons of screens everywhere showing yeah. games so maybe you could capitalize on that and make it worth your while as as far as SAFC hosting a party and I know we have uh, folks that listen to the podcast that are fans of uh, Mexico and France and England and Germany and all sorts of different countries. So, um, you know, there's probably interest there. I, I don't know. I'm okay with them not doing it, but if they did, I'd, I'd probably show up, especially if, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some players who are internationals on the current roster uh, with countries in the World Cup. But like if, um, if, you know, Darren Powell was there and you're watching an England match or something, that would be kind of cool, right? Like, I don't know. Just a thought. I mean, I w- the big thing is I wouldn't do it till the later rounds. So you'd have to hope that Mexico advances and I would not do it in the, the beginning rounds, the early stuff. Yeah. Wait till you're down to eight teams or something like that and then host a party. Then you're hoping that England and Mexico can advance and I'm not sure yeah. that that's going to happen. Um, I speaking of the World Cup, it's coming up pretty soon. Are you going to be watching most of it or as much as you can of it? Or are you just totally tuned out since the U.S. isn't in it? It's not going to be past like past years where I took days off of work to stay home to watch big U.S. games. Um, but I'll pick and choose games on my days off and stuff to yeah. watch for sure. At least have soccer on in the background, if, even if I'm not 100% paying attention to it. In 2014, I was still in college, and uh, the professor that I had while a couple games were going on in summer session um, literally said, F it, it's summer session, here you go, and put it on the big projector screen behind him, and he still gave his lecture with the game on mute, and so anytime a goal was scored, everybody freaked out, and he'd stop and watch the replay, like... (laughs) I, I'm so proud of my, my alma mater, UTSA, <laughs> keeping the priorities. Best professor uh, ever right there. I, I'm probably going to watch as much as I can. I'm, I'm probably going to write about it as much as I can, honestly, just from a practice standpoint. But um, I can't decide if I'm cheering for Mexico, being CONCACAF, or if I'm going to hate watch Mexico because they are the U.S.'s biggest rival. I'm kind of torn there. We're, we're, we're hate watching Mexico, Kyle. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, we're hate watching Mexico. That's what's happening this year. I haven't picked what team I'm going to sit there and like try to really push for. We'll have to see how things start shaking out. Well, I'm probably – my parents lived in England for a while. I'm, prob- I'm almost entirely English of lineage. Um, so I am probably going to be pulling for the Three Lions. But 
have my expectations set appropriately uh, for them to get knocked out in the group stage. So we'll see. But Harry Kane's my boy. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. Yeah, I'm not committing to anybody yet. Well, I may just watch it as a fan in general and not even be like pushing for a particular team this year. I'm pretty sure the only two professional athletes my son can identify on TV are uh, Deli Ali and uh, Harry Kane. <laughs> so <laughs> parenting. You're doing, doing something right there. <laughs> um, Co says jump on that Germany bandwagon. You know, my last name is pretty fucking German, but I, I don't have much ties there other than the one guy who kind of kept sneaking through on the family tree and, and kept his last name alive, but. We'll see. I I love all those, what is it, 23andMe commercials where they're like, take our test so you know who to cheer for. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, that's that's awful. Hey, that's, if they send me a discount code, I might do it. That's true. That's fair. I <laughs> I'll do a lot of things for a discount code. I know I know people don't know this on this podcast, but I am adopted. So I I have some information, but not a whole lot. Um, I was adopted when I was three days old. So yeah, there's like a few things filled in on a piece of paper, but that's about it. I think we should crowdfund your DNA test, like, so we can find you a team. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully they're in. It's not, you know, Italy or... The, whatever that's enough world cup for for may Sorry, maybe it I'm, should I'm be like, italy i i do know that i have italian in my blood so maybe it will be italy i'm pretty sure they missed out on it though right weren't it, they in the losers bracket with the u.s in I their stopped paying attention world when, cup world cup <laughs> i don't even know anymore i'll have to look i'll it's have to look mess, and see. get all russia's in it host country benefit there anyway um, let's get back to the domestic side of things here. Uh, SAFC at RGV, 0-0 draw, um, which coincidentally enough is also the official attendance, 0-0. Zero. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than the SAFC fans, the fucking hardcore SAFC fans that made that trip, good for y'all if you're listening. Um, before we get to the game, I don't want to harp on this, but the official attendance is listed as 7,846, which anyone who saw the no, broadcast... Uh, knows, that, that was the number of empty seats in the stadium. <laughs> they just reversed the numbers. Yeah, they just accident. flip it every week. <laughs> um, normally, I wouldn't care, but um, looking through the USL handbook, the guidebook... Um, those attendance figures are recorded each year and like it's a ranking in the yeah. USL <laughs> internally. So it's, it's kind of comical that not only are they lying, but they are lying by such a ridiculous number 7846. That would be an almost full Toyota field. I think that actually qualifies as a sellout at Toyota field, if I'm not mistaken. Cause we're what 8,100 or something right around there. There's yeah, there's like a sellout number and then there's a standing room only number, like a capacity number. Um, so, you know, stadiums can hit a sellout, but still have tickets available basically. But if, if I remember right from when we talked attendance before, when they put out the big attendance reports earlier this season, I, you know, SAFC was obviously towards the top of that list, but RGV wasn't that far behind us. And it's just so hard to believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were ahead of us for, or ahead of San Antonio for the longest time if they didn't finish that way. But 
I don't blame the fans. I don't necessarily even blame the front office if nobody's calling them on it. Like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? But, man. Um, As far as the game went, nothing too revolutionary from what I saw. Um, It was kind of the standard 4-2-3-1 that we've been seeing. Um, Diego Restrepo keeps the clean sheet and makes USL Team of the Week, which is – always good <laughs> Diego did work that game he kept us in it for I mean from it being a lot worse the RGV attack was was coming hard that night and they made Diego work he earned that goalkeeper of the week yeah it looks like uh 13 shots with five on target from RGV so that's that's a pretty busy night for a goalkeeper <laughs> um and six of those shots were inside the box so kind of close range there um but really, I, I'm struggling to take too much away from this game other than, you know, it's a point on the road, which is good if you're SAFC. It's a clean sheet, which is good if you're Diego in the defense. Um, but other than that, it just wasn't – it was kind of just uh, 90 minutes, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was card city, though. There were seven cards in this game, and five of them went to SAFC. Yeah, so um, Escalante got one in the 82nd, Guadarrama in the 60th, uh, Rafa in the 59th, Ryan Felix in the 37th, and the one that I think is worth talking about mostly, Darnell King picked one up in the 89th minute, um, putting him at four on the year. So he was the uh, only SAFC player to pop up on the disciplinary report this week um, because he's one away from an accumulation suspension. So if he gets one more card, one more yellow, he... Uh, misses a match which kind of stinks because he's been playing phenomenally I mean we've this this is nothing new for us it's the last two seasons it's been the same thing where we've had people miss periodically so we've got a crowded lineup that's an opportunity for somebody to step in and make a difference for a game at least yeah um I would expect to see you know before the open cup game I would say I would expect to see Mike Seth fill in on either side uh, for the fullbacks. But uh, I, if I remember correctly, we saw Cyprian Hedrick there during the Open Cup game. Um, we did. We had, we, it was an interesting lineup for that Open Cup game. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that in just a minute. But uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with RGV? Nope. Restrepo doing work, yeah. earning his job. <laughs> you know, I uh, – a zero zero draw on the road is solid. It's a clean sheet and it's a point on the road against a rival. And that's always good. Um, but as far as um, being a exciting game, um, I, I wouldn't categorize it as that. <laughs> that was the last thing it was, was an exciting game. Yeah. But uh, SA is climbing the table and that's what they want to do. So, you know, one point at a time. So, um, moving on to the Open Cup, let me pull up that starting 11 real quick. Um, I mean, I've got it right here in front of me. So, the interesting thing about it is we actually only traveled with 16 players. We only had 16 players in the 18 for that night. Um, Cardoni got start and goal that night. Um, Our back line was Seth, uh, Christian, McCarthy, and Hedrick. Cuomo was in the middle, and then we had Escalante, Lopez, uh, who is that? Rodriguez, King, and up front we had Kyle Murphy. Yeah, um, 
very interesting starting 11, even for a early round open cup game. Um, what did you think when you saw that 11? What were your initial thoughts on that? Based on what we saw last year with the open cup at this stage, I was expecting some, something similar. I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be Kyle Murphy up top. I think that was the big surprise for me. Um, other than that, I was a little bit surprised to see McCarthy out there finally. I know the previous week in RGV, he had actually been a sub, but uh, we haven't seen him on the field yet. That's exciting. Yeah, um, Mads commented on that um, during the game. She said, uh, look who's back, and he's the captain or something like that because mm-hmm. McCarthy did get the armband um, for that game. And that is a huge huge um thing for san antonio fc to have him back uh, the defense has been solid but mccarthy was one of the best center backs in the league last year and was really under recognized just because of who he had as a pairing there with sebastian biaga um and michael hughes says uh big maca lives in all caps on twitter so. yes he does Everyone's yes, excited yes. about that. Um, I would expect to see him back in the starting 11 this weekend, I would think, against Tulsa. But uh, I guess we can talk about that a little bit later. But the the first thing I thought when I saw this lineup, I wasn't surprised to see Cardoni in goal. Um, you know, everything was not too surprising except for Darnell King playing as a right winger. Um, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was that's interesting too. <laughs> I I really like that. I I've said it probably every week that we've recorded this show this season, but I think Darnell King was the pickup of the season for SAFC. He's played so well down that right uh, lane, and to see him move forward a little bit out of the fullback role and see what he could do as a winger, I dig that. And what better time to do that than in early stage open cup um he's always playing down the field anyways let's let's be honest here is what we've seen so far this season is a lot of the time we've moved to a three-man back line at some point and it's been king running down the side of the field coming down to help on the offensive side of things so to see him pushed up it was a surprise but i i think he did well i mean he got a goal yeah what is first goal here so yeah, he and uh, Maxi Rodriguez both got their first SAFC goals. Um, and then it was Omar Gordon and Mikey uh, Lopez. Mikey Lopez. Leading the scoring for SAFC still. I, I can't believe he hasn't found a place in the starting 11 for USL. Play. We're making it even more crowded moving King up to the, like, if that's going to be a thing, like, let's make positions that are already crowded more crowded. It's nuts, man. Like, I. I understand that Rafa has played really well. I understand that maybe Rafa fits the system better or knows the system better or, or brings an experience to the position. But um, Mikey Lopez is the leading goal scorer having not started for the last few weeks other than in the Open Cup. Um, and I don't know what to make of that. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's certainly interesting. <laughs> oh, man, it- I don't even, yeah, like I'm sitting here now going through my head trying to figure out a lineup for this week, and I don't even know how I'm going to come up with it. Yeah, I really wish I would have done it before we started because now I'm going to try and do something on the fly, and it's it's not going to work. <laughs> but um, Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was good to see Maxi get his first pro goal. It was good to see Omar Gordon score because as solid as he's been on the ball, it, it has been a little bit of a 
struggle for him to actually score since he got here. So hopefully that builds some confidence and we'll see him continue that in USL play. Um, and Ethan Bryant getting a spot on the bench there for the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, no playtime, though. He didn't make it out on the field, but... Uh, kind of okay with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather him make his uh, debut at home, personally. But yeah. It's going to be... The next few weeks are going to be interesting, especially with more Open Cup games coming up here. I'm hoping that for this next game, we see a little bit more of our regular starters, but still maybe some people we haven't seen in the next U.S. Open Cup round. Well, this is the the hard part, right? And, and maybe we'll put a poll up on Twitter here in a little bit. And, you know, how valuable is the U.S. Open Cup? Do you want SAFC to make a deep run knowing that, you know, the chances of them winning it, uh, a lower division team hasn't won it in almost 20 years. Um, would you rather have those midday weeks those midweek games uh, off the table (laughs) and just focus on league play? Or do you want to see them go as far as they can in the open cup? I mean, after some of the cup sets we saw this weekend, I think (laughs) anything's possible. So I'm not going to take off the table, making a deep open cup run here. Um, I want to see them do as well as they can, because if for some reason we don't make it down to the playoffs or whatever happens, whenever we get, if we get eliminated in the playoffs, Um, later on down the road in the season. Um, If we were able to hang a U.S. Open Cup championship on our belt for the year, I would be plenty happy. I I just think the chances of it happening are so low because you get those MLS teams that come in and first they field their two teams basically. And then by the end of it, when there's a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League on the line, um, they come in with their, their ringers and, uh, you know, I, I love USL. I love uh, watching SAFC, but um, I haven't seen a USL team that I felt could beat an MLS team that is in the last stages of the Open Cup. You're talking about Atlanta and Seattle, and, uh, not Toronto, obviously, but um, you're, you're talking about some great teams that tend to make it to the end there. Yeah, but can you imagine hosting one of those games at Toyota Field, possibly? Like, I, I we made we made it to the MLS round before in the past in the U.S. Open Cup, and we played in Houston against the Dynamo. They brought out a fairly loaded lineup that night. It wasn't just all two players called up. Yeah, there were a few RGV players on the roster that night, um, but they had some of their stars out there as well. And you know, it was fun as hell going to Houston for that game. Yeah, I, I, if we advance all the way to the MLS round and I would hope we're hosting first off, obviously, but if we're not, and I'm, I'm planning on trying to make it to Dallas or, or Houston to go see that game. If that's who we're playing. Yeah. Same. I would 100% be there. I, I'm also a little selfish here because typically I have Wednesdays off from work. So <laughs> having open cup games midweek works for me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that totally works for me in my schedule. I can, I can make it to all those games. So that, that works in my life. I just, I think SAFC could beat Dallas. I think they could beat Houston. Um, I, I just wonder, is it worth the travel and the toll of going and playing New England or, uh, you know, Chicago or like, like I keep bringing up Seattle because they always make it deep in this tournament. Um, I think it would be 
can you imagine hosting like Portland at Toyota Field or hosting LAFC or LA Galaxy? <laughs> like seeing if Zlatan would actually show up for oh, yeah. an Open Cup match. Um, I, just, you- uh, I don't know. I just want I want SAFC to stay healthy and I want them to make a deep USL run, USL Cup run. Um, so I, I'm skeptical on the Open Cup. I'm, I'm kind of a downer on the Open Cup, I think, as much as I love watching it. I'm going to bring out the evil here a little bit, but come on, the ESPN coverage, if you make it up to make it into a round or two. That's true. And then you're playing on main MLS, you know, the main MLS channel and stuff like that, or main ESPN channel against an MLS team on a national broadcast and the eyes on your team and on USL soccer in general. I want that. I want that yeah. for our club. I really do. And I know it's, I know it splits up the team and then you've got to worry about two games per week, but man, I, it's not, it's not that much. There's only a few rounds in general. And like, once we get past these, these initial rounds, it slows down significantly. And then you're like, Oh, one game in July, one game in August, one game in September. Yeah. You know, like, I'm torn, man. Like, I'd love to see it, and I want to believe, but my my biggest hope is to see a USL Cup uh, championship come to San Antonio. Like, we got to see it with NASL, and then that league um, pretty much disappeared for all intents and purposes. So I'd love to see San Antonio win it with a league that has some staying power. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. But um, I... I don't know. I, I love the idea of the Open Cup. I love the FA Cup in England. But when it comes to a club that I'm kind of invested in, um, I, I'm torn. I don't know. We'll see. I put a poll up at TX Soccer Radio. If you're a podcast listener, you have uh, 24 hours to vote on that if you'd like. Um, we'll see how it comes out, what people think. So far, looks like 80-20 uh, deep run over calmer schedule. So I <laughs> looking like I'm in the mini- minority here. Um, it's more soccer, man. It's, it's like our games in USL are guaranteed all the way, at least until we make it to the playoffs. But this stuff is, it's just extra games and extra stuff. And I, I'm all about that. I'm all about it. Keep That's it coming. Fair. That's fair. All right. So speaking of more soccer, San Antonio hosts Tulsa on Saturday and then Colorado Springs in the U.S. Open Cup on Wednesday. Um, So two home games in, what is that, five days? Yep. Um, That'll be fun. After a game this past Wednesday, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing is this initial stretch is rough because you're playing multiple weeks in a row. Yeah. so Tulsa's a bottom of the table team right now. Um, I don't have the table in front of me, but I know earlier. They are second from the bottom. Second from the bottom. So yeah, 16th, 16th place right now. You've got Tulsa coming in, and then you have a USL team that's kind of in your same range with Colorado Springs, another mid-table team like SA so far this year. Um, what are your feelings going into this little stretch here? Um, you know, I... I I'm not seeing too many problems coming from the Tulsa Tulsa game. I'm not too worried about this weekend. I think we should be able to dominate that one handily. Uh, the Colorado Springs game will be a lot more interesting, I think, especially depending on what the lineup is. Um, but Colorado Springs almost got beat by FC Denver. So, yeah. Who knows? Penalty kick for yeah. uh, Colorado, right? Ended yeah. up 
it was a close one. It was it was a hell of a close game there, and Denver was leading there for a while because they got the first goal of the game. So it could be interesting. Yeah, it could be very interesting. So, are you up for making score predictions? You ready I'm up for, for making score predictions. Yeah. <laughs> so Tulsa Roughnecks currently in 16th out of 17 teams, five points on the table. What is your prediction for? Tulsa at San Antonio. 3-0. SAFC wins. Damn. Um, I'm going to go 2-0. Just because. No real good reason, to be honest with you. (laughs) But 2-0 San Antonio. Um, And then Colorado Springs comes for the U.S. Open Cup. They are currently 7th in USL with 14 points. That is one point better on the table than San Antonio FC, who sit in ninth. Um, what are your feelings for that game? Mm, let's see. I hate to say it, but I think it's going to go to penalty kicks. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. 1-1 <laughs> one, one penalty kicks. I think part of that is how San Antonio went out last year with Tulsa and penalties um, at home. Um I don't, man, I'd like to say that I don't think that they would let that happen again, but the attacking side of the ball is like completely new players. So um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go two one San Antonio for Colorado Springs. I I should mention that the SAFC is going to win on the penalty kicks though. Ah, They're going to advance to the MLS round. Sorry. And for uh, those of you that aren't familiar with the, the, the seating for U.S. Open Cup, we will not know who we're playing until the following day after the switchbacks game if we advance. Um, they're doing the draw the next day. They reseed regionally. Um, I would expect we'd see one of Dallas and Houston in there, depending yeah. on how they seed it out and who wins what game where. Well, you don't have RGV in it. El Paso isn't around yet. Um, so the only Texas team that would still be in it at that point if SAFC beats Colorado would be SA, right? Like OKC got cup set, right? They're out. Yep. So I can't think of another team that's still in it that would be closer to Dallas or Houston. So I would think you're pretty much guaranteed to see one of those teams. Let's see. I'm trying to look here to see who else. Yeah, it's got. It's probably gonna be Dallas or Houston, depending on how it plays out. Um, is, is Tulsa still in it? I feel like they got Tulsa lost to FC Wichita, so yeah, Wichita's still there. Um, I'm trying to look over the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, so if both the Oklahoma teams are out. Well, you'd have Wichita if Wichita. Oh yeah, if, if Wichita wins their game and advances. Yeah. Hmm. And Wichita plays the Rayados, so. Oh man! So either way, if the Rayados win, they would definitely be in contention to play yeah. Dallas because they're in the Metroplex. Yep. Um, Wichita. I wonder if Wichita would match with Sporting though, with Sporting KC, because. That's Kansas. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But either way, San Antonio is almost guaranteed to uh, uh, end up playing 
FC Dallas or Houston Dynamo should they beat Colorado Springs. But that is a big if there. They do have to get the job done on Wednesday at home. Um, So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how these two games play out so close, especially being at home. Um, Anything else SAFC that you wanted to talk about? I think we hit everything. Cool. Got a whole Anybody's got anything on Periscope that they want us to talk about? Yeah, oh, please throw that Tweet in there. under saying, by the way, Frank the Tank, ridiculous goal mentioned. Oh, my God. Yeah, God. how about Frank Tayu coming out there and putting two goals in that night, and that second goal was ridiculous. I don't know how he put that in the goal. That man is a machine. <laughs> yeah, I put it on Twitter that night that I just can't believe that there hasn't been a USL team that's offered him something that makes it worth not playing indoor. Um, cause last I checked, he's still playing indoor soccer and, um, trying to get his foot in the door in an outdoor club, but. Well, and it, that's, this is interesting because he plays for FC Wichita. So there's a potential chance here that depending on how the seating works out, you could see SAFC play FC Wichita down the line. Frank, the tank returns part two, the revenge. <laughs> man all he does is score goals man it's crazy yeah michael says omg that impossible goal i don't understand it man like i don't understand it it was on the end line and like oh my god it was like uh what was that movie where they curved the bullets uh angelina jolie oh yeah um yeah whatever that movie is it was it was in was it salt is that the one? No, I think it was older than that. Um, I think it was, was it called The Matrix? Was that it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was an insane goal. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, it's on, I know for sure it's on the 210 Soccer Twitter account. Um, it's been retweeted, but yeah. Worth- yeah, that was a crazy one. Man, Frank the Tank. <sighs> All right, so... Um, First on our list here of non-SAFC things is, of course, Austin-related. Um, so the, the biggest thing, I, I, to paraphrase everything else that's going on, I don't want to dive deep into this because it changes so frequently. Um, and frankly, I, I'm just not qualified to talk about it in depth. But um, there's a lot of legal back and forth about trying to get things dismissed and... Um, just sort of the order of things between PSV and MLS uh, versus the state of Ohio and the city of Columbus. So um, that's all still going on in court. There are a lot of people you can follow on Twitter for that. Chris Bills and uh, Mickey Turner being two of them that, that I really enjoy. Yep. Um, but much more tangible <laughs> is that PSV uh, released the initial Macala pl- uh, site plan um, for what they want to do with the stadium at that site and the surrounding area. So one of the biggest complaints, and it wasn't like renderings or anything like that. It was just kind of the general outline of what they wanted to do there. Um, the The positive side of it is that Um, it's designed to feel like a park and designed to feel open and not too industrial, uh, which is good anywhere, especially in a city like Austin. Um, 
the negatives that I saw on social media mostly um, was that it only allows for a thousand on-site parking spaces. Right. Um, which is definitely an issue for someone like me who would be commuting to the game. Uh, or if you're commuting from San Antonio or from San Marcos or, you know, up North or something like that. But um, uh, that's not their target demographic. Uh, and I hope that's self-aware of me to say that I am not PSV's target demographic uh, living about 40 minutes south of Austin. Um, what I did see from a lot of the Austin folks that I follow, the supporters group up there, uh, is that they love it. There's a bicycle ballet that it encourages public transit, that there's plenty of parking within a mile radius of the stadium, and it's kind of on par with some of the other stadiums in MLS that don't necessarily provide a ton of on-site parking. So um, that was my two cents there. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to ramble on there. Sorry, Larry. But oh, you're good, man. Um, what were your kind of impressions looking at this, not rendering, but this uh, plan that they released? I mean, it, it's interesting. It is. It's it's based around public transportation. It really is at the end of the day. Yeah, a thousand parking spots. I want to say it was like 500 spots for bicycles on site. Um, yeah, it was a ballet. So yeah, they're really dependent on people to get themselves to the game by alternate means other than cars, which I guess works. Like you said, if you're in Austin and that's who they're going for, but if you're yeah. driving in or you're at the far side of Austin, then man, I'm gonna be rough yeah yeah um i'm curious how they handle that because so like i i don't live in san antonio anymore i live between san antonio and austin for anyone who doesn't know that so if i were to go to these games i'd have to drive um just like i drive to the san antonio games but um the, the interesting thing to me is looking at um specifically how Seattle handles things with CenturyLink Field um, and Safeco Field right next to it is that there really isn't that much on-site parking and the way that they measure things the Seahawks and the Sounders and the Mariners uh, measure things is by walking distance um, mm -hmm. by like a 15 minute walking radius from the stadium and I get the feeling that that's pretty much what PSV is looking at doing as well um, judging by the fact that there's only a thousand seats for a stadium that'll you know hopefully draw 15,000 to a game at least um but uh, you know it's just like we've seen in miami where they're encouraging people to take boats and oh god walk through overton <laughs> you know all that safe stuff that's uh really safe stuff either take your yacht or walk through overton totally reasonable it's time to buy a yacht <laughs> yeah which you know we still don't know if that's actually where they're going to build that stadium but that's a whole nother time's running out on overton it's good yeah. yeah they're they're running up on their their window of like being able to claim that right right it's it's coming up here in the next few weeks they don't have much time left on that site yeah um but as far as austin goes like it seems like they're doing it the right way um as far as i can tell i know that that's a really horrible phrase to use about this situation. And I'm sure that I'm going to get plenty of hate tweets about that if anyone hears it, but um, you know, obviously the way that the team's leaving Columbus isn't ideal, but the way that they're building the stadium in Austin or planning to build the stadium in Austin, it, it looks like it's going well, as far as I can tell. And from what I read from Austinites on Twitter. 
I need to know more about the public transportation system in, in Austin. I don't know enough yeah. about it to say whether, because I know they've got trains there, right? It's because they've mm -hmm. got a metro train line that's supposed to run close to the stadium because that's part of the fighting points is they want a train stop close by. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how efficient their their public transportation is to really comment on if that's going to be the best way to go about it. I feel like you're you're depending a lot on bike traffic and things like that, but yeah. you're not in the core of downtown where all these college students and things that you're probably trying to bring to these games are located where they could bike from their dorms because they go to UT and lots of, I don't know, there's a lot of people that live downtown and don't have cars yeah. in Austin. Yeah, I I think that it's cool that they're doing the bike valet, but I really see the majority of people, especially like families that may drive in from like Cedar Park and that kind of stuff. Um, I see them utilizing that radius around the stadium of not official parking lot spots, um, but places where you can stick your car for two hours. I mean, looking at Toyota Field, they only have a is it even a, a few hundred spots allocated? Because Toyota Field has lot one that they share with Morgan's Wonderland and lot right. two that they share with Star Soccer Complex. But the majority of parking is at another stadium. At, um, is it Heroes? Is that yeah. the NEISD stadium there? Yeah. Um, so like glass houses right like san antonio can't really throw rocks at, at austin's parking plan when toyota field doesn't have a parking plan either other i mean than relying on the school district come on though i mean like their parking plan is a 500 yard walk not not uh oh you're gonna need to go park at the walmart a mile away and walk <laughs> to the game like that's that's basically what we're at here i don't know how all those strip centers and strip malls are gonna feel about all their parking for their customers disappearing because PSV has decided to, you know, dictate that that's where you get to park because we don't have enough parking spots on site. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get some angry businesses there in the long run. It's going to be interesting to see how those businesses at the domain take to the soccer culture, because you're going to get a ton of people pre-gaming at those bars, but then their cars are going to be there for two hours on a Saturday night. Um, and you kind of just hope that you can reel them back in after the game, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I still think it's a net positive. I know that that's not the popular opinion for a lot of folks that are picking it apart, but, um, you know, it, it seems like it's going to work for them. Well, the team's got to get out of Columbus first. I mean, yeah. if you've been following <laughs> Mickey Turner, I think you said today there's over 700 pages worth of legal documents involved now. And they that's why we don't they, talk about it. On they haven't days. even like really gotten into it yet. They're just filing for like motions to extend deadlines and things at this point, not even the nitty gritty of what's really going on in the situation. Yeah, it's it's got a long way to go before <laughs> Columbus is out at this point. <laughs> Did you see FC Cincinnati's game program against Detroit City? With the MLS schedule? MLS table in it. Or, yeah, yeah, the table. <laughs> you're still in USL, dude. And Cocky sons of bitches, man. Yeah, like, unbelievable. <laughs> I love the self-awareness of the Cincinnati front office to do that. Like, obviously, they're front runners for MLS, uh, and, you know, how much of that was because of their open cup run last year and getting the public eye the way they did. Um, but to put 
the table of a league you're not even in in your game program. It's, yeah. It didn't have the U.S. Elk table. <laughs> I know that's the thing. Like, like at least put at least put the East in there. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's fine if you have both. That's understandable, but yeah, funny shit, man. Um. <laughs> So anything else on Austin before I jump ahead to this next next few things here? Mm, I No, we should get more information. The next few weeks should be interesting because we're quickly approaching the June 1st deadline. So yeah. things are going to start ramping up here with Austin, but it could be completely stopped right off the bat based on what's going on in Columbus. That's about all we've got at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, what a mess. Um, much less complicated side of things. Um, FC Dallas, we've known for a few years that they were very likely to enter USL in the very near future. Um, we saw that hit piece from uh, OKC last year uh, from one of the writers up there that uh, basically decried how horrible MLS2 teams are and everything else, which OKC Energy has been one of the biggest beneficiaries of the affiliate system feeding off of FC Dallas in the past. Um, but head coach Oscar Perea may have uh, spilled the beans a little bit because in a post-training interview, he mentioned that FC Dallas will be in USL in 2019. Um, he said that to uh, dallasnews.com. We can link the article if anyone wants it. Uh, on social media, but um, he didn't specify what league it was going to be, if it was the main one or D3, uh, and didn't specify anything. But he definitely spent 2019, uh, they will be in USL, talking about how his younger players and academy standouts and that kind of stuff don't get enough game time. So what do you think about FC Dallas 2 coming into the fold? Hooray, another two team. (laughs) (laughs) I it is what it is. It's been a long time coming. We knew it was coming. Although I'm slightly curious if it's not maybe something where they just assume the OKC energy. Like, well, um, he specifically says we will be in USL in 2019 talking about his club, FC Dallas. So, well, okay then. I mean, I got I a stadium. Like... You got soccer fields next door to play at. They're going to probably have to put some you know, bigger bleachers and stuff over at those side fields, the practice fields, because they're probably going to have to use that for some of their games. Unless they just use the main stadium like uh, Portland does and like a few other teams do so that they don't have to get that waiver. Just got to make sure there's no scheduling conflicts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm not going to get hyped about FC Dallas two or anything, but I do think it's kind of cool that in 2019, potentially there could be, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, RGV, and El Paso, all in USL, potentially. Um, You know, granted, two of those are two teams, and one of them is probably not long for this world in Austin. Um, But it would be cool to have more Texas teams, I think. I don't know. I'd get up for that. Yeah, no, that it, it... I'm fine with that too. Like it's more Texas teams. It's more games we can drive to potentially and go watch. Yeah. yeah. Not, uh, not driving to Midland anytime soon. Not driving to RGV. Probably <laughs> not driving to El Paso. Dallas I'd yeah. drive to. Yeah. I know El Paso is not bad, but I mean, it's far. Dallas I'd drive to. Too yeah. far. 
Yeah, I love El Paso from the couple of times I've been. It's pretty fantastic city, but it's just too far for one soccer game. But um, yeah, Dallas would be could be a fun road trip. That could actually be like a long term rival, even for San Antonio. Maybe we'll see how serious they take it and all that. But um, so on a more national scale we put this in the notes i put this in the notes because i thought it was interesting tampa bay rowdies parted ways with their head coach Stuart campbell after losing all the way matches since march 17th uh, and losing to jacksonville armada in the u.s open cup this week um, so he won their first game of the season which was on the road and after that never won on the road again in 2018 <sighs> How many games is that? Like, I don't even. A lot. <laughs> I mean, it's the middle of May. So, like, it's. I don't know if you can blame the coach entirely for that. I don't know. Five games. Yeah. Five, five losses on the road. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even draws, it was losses. Um, every one of them. So. <sighs> it sucks, man. Uh, it sucks for him. I, I know he's got a long history at that club and. Um, switching head coaches in the middle of the season is never good and people losing their job is never good, but it's kind of incredible to lose all of your away games for almost half a season. <laughs> it's, it's impressive in the worst ways. <laughs> for those of you listening on the podcast version, we're basically just making that uh, emoji with the teeth or <laughs> super cringy right now like super cringy I don't, uh, yeah. know. I, I don't blame them are my favorite though right now they've been hilarious on twitter through all of this for the last couple of weeks I, I don't blame them for firing him but like what are you gonna do now like it's not like they're they're that bad off in the table they're sitting at seventh in the east they're the well, middle they at home well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I we'll see who they hire. I don't even know who's available. Elizus says, "Oh man, am I late?" I'm assuming he's talking about the roughneck scarves giveaway that I honestly totally forgot and meant to do 20 minutes ago. So if you're still listening, thank you for doing that. Um, let's uh, let's do that giveaway real quick. If you uh, are listening before Saturday night, we're going to announce the winner um, probably during the SAFC Tulsa game Saturday night. So if you're listening, um, shoot us a DM at TX Soccer Radio that says, um, what do you want it to say? Let's, let's, let's keep this easy. Send, send, send the keyword roughneck scarves. There you go. Send it via DM to, to at TX soccer radio. Um, oh shit. Actually I should make it a tweet, huh? If you're shit. listening. <laughs> because then people can just tweet. See yeah, other I know. No, we should do a DM. It needs to be a DM. Yeah. Send a DM to TX at TX soccer radio on Twitter. Roughneck scarves uh, to our DMS at TX soccer radio. Um, and if you are following us on Twitter and you send us that DM before the SAFC Tulsa game ends, then you will be entered in a giveaway. Not ends, halftime. We'll do it at halftime. Send it before halftime of Tulsa versus AFC, SAFC, and uh, you'll be entered in to win a Roughneck Scarf um, $30 value 
anyone you choose. It'll be fun. I'm totally making this up on the fucking phone. Oh, God. Twitter okay. notifications are already popping up over here on my side. <laughs> hey, that's a good sign. That's, that's a good thing. It's not a here. bad thing. It's a good thing. And it is uh, going to pick randomly. So if you're one of the last ones, don't worry. You're still in it. Um, but yeah, DM us at TX Soccer Radio, Roughneck Scarves. DM us privately, Roughneck Scarves. Make sure you're following um and that'll be that part of the reason we're doing this just full transparency is that uh, i've been retweeting a lot from 210 soccer's account and i don't like doing that because the podcast and the site are not related anymore uh officially so we're trying to stop leeching off of that so um anyway there's our giveaway so cheers um anyway anything more on tampa i shouldn't have (laughs) Uh, Peter Wilt leaves NISA, joins the Madison, Wisconsin 2019 USLD3 group. Um, I thought this one was super interesting because he's been such a big figure in lower division soccer and advocating for reform and and advocating for a lot of things in soccer. And uh, he left... um, what was supposed to be the big challenger with NISA, the, the new league. He left that league to join a USLD3 franchise. Um, and I'm not faulting him for it. I'm not judging him for it. I just think it's a, a really interesting move. Um, one that, you know, kind of makes me question how sturdy the legs are with NISA. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with it from here on out. I mean, in that, I wasn't expecting that Madison announcement today either. So that was another big surprise. That was right after we put out that tweet saying, send us your messages or for tonight we'd be recording. And then it was, Oh, there's a Madison announcement. Yeah. I'm pretty sure USL jumped the gun on that. Cause I got the, the press release at five 30 and I don't think they were supposed to announce it till six. So whoops. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And the last thing, I meant to wear my Cubs shirt tonight because Tom Ricketts and the Cubs ownership is buying into USL Chicago, um, which is set to take the field 2021. Um, it's the, if you remember a couple months ago, we talked about this. It's a USL group that is building a USL stadium in the urban core of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is going to hurt Chicago fire. And so I want to get your opinion on this, Larry, because the two ways I've seen it go are one, USL is making a big challenge in that market to become the dominant team, or two, this is just a placeholder and Chicago Fire are going to take over that stadium eventually, and MLS is going to take over that stadium eventually. So do you see it as either of those or kind of something in the middle or how do you see all this big picture? See, and the way that I saw it differently was that the USL team was going, Ricketts was going to assume the MLS squad. So it would mean that the fire MLS and US, well, Ricketts is all, are all in cahoots here (laughs) to get the, to, to revamp the fire, I guess. Like it's interesting. I mean, it's, It's super controversial. I mean, power to him for popping in there and, you know, making a power play to bring a USL team in there and, and dropping the cash on a stadium, you know, that's, that's a big move. That's a big move going into that market. It's very ballsy on his part, but it could pay off huge in the long run, not just for him, but also for USL, depending on how it plays out. 
who better to do it than the guy that brought the Chicago Cubs a fucking World Series trophy? Like, you know, if there is no sports owner that I can think of off the top of my head that is more endeared in Chicago right now. Um, and I think it's super interesting. MLS Twitter and MLS Reddit immediately claim this as, uh, oh, the fire are going to move into that stadium and, and this is all part of a big switcheroo. Um, I don't know that it is like you've got SSE in USL, you've got Tom Ricketts in USL, um, you've got the Sacramento ownership group, you've got a lot of big money, big spenders in USL at this point. And maybe it's not Zlatan and Wayne Rooney and some of these other signings that you see in MLS, but USL doesn't ask ownership to give up their autonomy. And USL isn't doing single entity. And so, you know, you have Las Vegas that's sponsored by a marijuana dispensary and you have, uh, you know, Tampa that's playing in a converted baseball stadium that has one of the best backdrops in the country with the Bay there. Um, I think there's a lot of value in USL and I think this is a really interesting move that I'm going to be keeping an eye on for sure, at least. You know, it's interesting. I'm trying to, I'm looking at stuff about the Chicago situation right now. And in 2006, the fire and the ML and MLS signed an agreement uh, with Toyota park there to play there for the next 30 years. Yeah. They fucked up 30 years. And the only way they can get out of that is if it's not cost effective or the attendance would exceed the stadium's capacity. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. So that's, I mean, the fire average 17,000 people at their games right now. Ricketts is building a 20,000 seat stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, if the, the, the lease agreement is the truth here and they can't find a way out of it, then you've got to imagine that Ricketts is going in their fire and trying to help USL. He sees the opportunity to pounce and potentially take over that market, which would be monstrous. Yeah. I mean, you have Chicago Fire so far out of the urban core that I don't, I don't know, man. I, I really feel like this is a big step for USL in kind of claiming Chicago, which is one of the biggest markets. Like the Fire have Bastion Schweinsteiger, um, but if you're offering a soccer experience in the urban core with the Ricketts family at the helm, seeing what they did with the Cubs, I don't know how, if you're a Chicago soccer fan, you're not at least looking at that and being like, Hmm, this is intriguing. And apparently the site is all where they're, they're developing the field. It's a 70 acre site um, right off the Chicago river. And it's also going to be home to the, the, the second Amazon headquarters, apparently. Yeah, that's what it was. Like, Jesus, that's, oh, man. That was part of their power play. Yeah, yeah, power play right there. Oh, man. This is going to be interesting to watch over the next yeah, man. year or two. I wish it wasn't 2021. I wish it was 2019 so we could get some closure real quick. But he's got a big stadium to build. It's going to be a big retractable roof stadium. Like, <laughs> that's so nuts. Dropping money, man. Dropping I would money. love if that actually comes to fruition, but I have a hard time believing there's going to be a retractable. I mean, maybe there's weird That's, things that have happened. The plan calls right now for 20,000 seats, a retractable roof, and it's going to host 
concerts, other sporting events, and they're going to make the push to bring in international soccer games. That's crazy. I love the sarcastic hashtag MLS to Chicago that I saw <laughs> pop up real briefly. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens there. Can you uh, imagine if they part? I, okay, so right now the Fire are affiliated with the Roughnecks, with Tulsa. Right. Can you imagine if they break that affiliation, affiliate with the Fire, and then the Fire end up outdrawing them every week? <laughs> or, I mean, the, the USL team ends up outdrawing right. the Fire every week? Like, right. that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, by 2021, you probably don't have Schweinsteiger anymore. Like, you, you're going to have to make another big signing and try and draw people out there like DC is trying to do with Wayne Rooney. And I don't know, I don't know if it's going to be enough, man. That's, that's huge. Um, Periscope, if you have anything else you want to talk about tonight, get it in here real quick. Cause we're wrapping up, but um, I, I'm really excited. I, I'm not planning on moving to Chicago or anything, but um, I'm going to be keeping my eye on it as, as somebody who has grown up with uh a diehard Cubs fan in my life so um, yeah we'll see anyway this is fun we should do this again next week we'll try we'll certainly try <laughs> no we'll, we'll be back next week 9 o'clock Periscope you know how to find us that's right 9pm Central Time Periscope at TX Soccer Radio. Please make sure you follow that account on Twitter because if you're relying on the 210 Soccer account, it's uh, not going to help you out here pretty soon. So, trying to get that all migrated over. Um, again, thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get those custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com, R U F F neckscarves.com. Um, and again, if you want to win one of those scarves, make sure you DM us Roughneck Scarves at CX Soccer Radio. Send that via DM. We'll get you in there. We'll make uh, that draw it. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening. Like, genuinely, thank you for listening. This this is fun. <laughs> Hope to keep doing this for a very long time. So, thank you for uh, hanging out and listening. And later, we'll catch you next week. Man. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. 